All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your host, Frank Delana. Today on the pod, we have Carolina Panthers zone. He's also a Sanger banger, Aaron Mosby. Mosby, great seeing you, bro. You look great. Thanks for coming on Bring the Juice today. No, thank you guys for letting me come out here, you know, and just be from the Valley and you know, just be on being guys' show. Mosby, I appreciate the nice words. You know, let's just start it out of the gate. Had a great career at Fresno State. Finished up strong. Won some rings throughout your time there. Got to have the local fans from Sanger come and watch you regularly. That's nice as a Valley boy. I know what it's like. It's delicious. <laughs> Going an undrafted free agent. What was that mindset? You know, did you get to pick the Panthers? Did you have options on the table? Tell me about that decision. Um, I really just... Uh... I really gave it to my agent, um, really, you know, to like the money situation, but really uh, just going off of scheme wise, uh, just basically doing it all over again, like coming out of high school. I was kind of not like an undrafted free agent, but, you know, I was underlooked coming out of high school. So right. just coming from Sanger, it's a small school, and then coming from Fresno State, it was kind of the same. Absolutely. And then really just put my mindset, you know, as in what, what kind of family tradition as a defense would I want to go to? And mm-hmm. the other teams that I had on the table, they were, they were good teams that I wanted to go to just off of the logo, mm-hmm. but as a like a defensive set, like situation and their brand and things like that, I wanted to go to the Carolina Panthers, and that's where I felt like that kind of made me to be an actual another Bulldog, but as a, as a Panther again. Right. You know, their their brand is really physical, and you know, coming from Fresno State and coming from Sanger, that, that's, I, that's a very physical brands also. Yeah, yeah. so that's why that's kind of my mindset was going to as an undrafted guy was kind of fitting the same spot so I could feel like I'm comfortable and still be me. Right. What is, you know, being the guy who has to prove yourself as an undrafted free agent, that journey, I do a lot of research on all my guests. Um, your coach, Matt Rule, he 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 spoke very highly of you in the preseason, saying you had this is a guy who has opportunity, came in undrafted, he's doing good things. I know me and you both know the importance of special teams is huge in all levels if you want to, whether that's make the bus, get on the playing field, this, that, or the other, especially making a 53-man roster. How has special teams been an impact of your life? Because it really has helped steer the boat in some things. Uh, I would say special teams, you know, just like I said, it carried on from college. You know, coming as a, a freshman in college, I started in like my first play on special teams and Fresno State uh, Stadium with, you know, uh, the, you guys. Yeah, and, you know, it was making, a, making an opening tackle. Uh, as my freshman year, so really just carrying that on to the NFL was really like my, that was my mindset. But at the same time, you know, I kind of wanted to, you know, figure out the playbook because, you know, that's another way where you get on the field and things Absolutely. like that. But once you get into the NFL, you also see like going through camp, that special team is a big, 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 you know, factor just because those vet guys is, if you're not, just put it like this, if you're not a starter or second string, maybe. right. Everyone else is on special teams. Right. So you're there's no like guaranteed spot, even if you are sixth round, fifth round, fourth round, those guys are also fighting for yeah, a spot. Nothing's promised. Get, yeah. So just going in camp, you know, just going through that special teams and seeing veteran guys like trying to cut in line to get on special team roster and things like that it made me figure like, okay, that special team is a big thing in the NFL. So right. just going in, you know, again with Matt Rule, again with the special teams coordinator, you know, listening to them, trying to help. Listen to the vets as well, you know, trying to get my foot in the door and really, you know, just carried on. And it kind of helped me a little bit just coming from straight out of college, you know, just it carried on with me. I th- I feel like, you know, it's funny, special teams, 
when you watch a game on TV, that's when like the announcers are talking. That's when there's like a little Carl <laughs> Jr. commercial in the background or something. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody really thinks anything of it. But as dudes who have been there, there's some play, there's some very physical plays that are made on those special teams. What would you say? I mean, you either get this or you don't if you're listening to this right now. But like, what would you say is the hardest position to be in on any special teams? Front line on kickoff return is tough. I mean, running down the middle oh. on kickoff is tough. Being in the in, in on that on that punt oh. team itself. I would I would say as of going through uh but mid mid season, yeah, about week 10, our punt team started to like have a little breakthroughs and as you can see, like as the NFL goes, you start scheming up and things like that. And the most important special team in the NFL was punt. Uh-huh. And I will say the most scariest position to be in is in that punt team. And it, if you miss a block. Because you're kick-stepping at that point, right? Yeah. So they change. When you it's go college, college is different than NFL, NFL. Yeah. You start kick-stepping. So if you miss a block. <laughs> that's, yeah. So I would say that's probably the scariest position just really, you know, as a rookie. Because we had, I was on it two times in the season and just being in that position as a, you know, like that's what the team is dependent on. That's right. the most important play. And absolutely. One, it's the longest play in the NFL. And two, it's the most important play because that's what flips the field and absolutely. most of your, your you know, yardage and things come from that. So I would say being in that position is if you miss a block on punt team, be ready for a phone call that the next morning. If you're an undrafted guy, you know, right. I would say. But uh, other than that, I mean, special teams is good. Uh, just going through it all, you know, it's a it's a humbling experience just to say you're going to play special teams in the NFL. But right. that's probably the most scary position. Uh, number two, kickoff return. Yeah. The front line. Yeah. For, sure. <laughs> for sure. You see guys running full speed at you. You're backpedaling. Damn yeah, here. backpedaling. And <laughs> I was going against uh, Scotty Miller this year. Little, little yeah, short yeah, yeah. guy. Tampa from, dude. Tampa guy. Probably runs like a... I want to say they say he runs like a 4-3. He's maybe a quick white four, boy. I had to run, backflip. I I turned and he was already by me. And I was like, okay, yeah. Like <laughs> the NFL is different. So I would just say those two is probably the most difficult positions. But at the end of the day, it's football. So I would say, you know, you can do anything you put your mind to, but Absolutely. for sure, those two is the most difficult positions for sure. Before we continue, this <clears throat> episode is brought to you in part by the American Pistachio Growers. If you want to perform like the pros, eat your pistachios, eat those nuts, kid. Mosby. Do you enjoy pistachios? Yeah, I love pistachios. Those how, like how do you like your pistachios? Uh, probably the ones with the chili on it. Uh-huh. Uh, pre-cracked, or do you like doing the work and cracking them? Uh, probably pre-cracked. You yeah. know, you can just throw them out and then like hey, those crack them. They, they got a couple <laughs> little little protein, little calories in them. They're, they're yeah, good yeah. for you, bro. Yeah, so I would probably say pre-cracked, and then also with like the little chili on it because you know I'm from. Not from, but I went to school in Sanger, and so that was kind of <laughs> that was kind of like the little thing they had out there. So they got that homemade chili out in Sanger, or what is it? Ah, uh, I don't know. hot Cheeto chili or what? <laughs> I don't know about flaming <laughs> hot chili, but just you know the one with you know chili on it, and yeah, you like a little spice. I love spice. I, I mean, like to live my life. Anything with hot Cheetos, yeah, uh, chili. Like I said, I went to high school in Sanger for four years, so got used Sanger to bangers. it. Sanger bangers. Sanger bangers. <laughs> Mosby, how different is a preseason game compared to an actual in-season NFL game, especially coming from an undrafted free agent perspective? Or again, like we've been talking about, you're proving yourself. You got you don't got the secured first round, first overall, locked up, secured for a little bit of a cushion of time. Like every rep, you're under a microscope. Yeah, I would say 
preseason to, to regular season, I was, let me see. Uh, I want to say game two, we're playing the New England Patriots. Mm. And I would just say, like, you have this cloud over you where you don't know, you don't want to mess up because, like you said, you're under a Microsoft and everyone's watching you. Right. Some, your game might be on TV. You got your family watching you. And, like, as time going, the vets are on the sideline and they're not even dressed out. So you're you're playing the whole game. Right. And you just, like, as fatigue start to kick in, you're, you're thinking, like, okay, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to get cut. But you can't yeah. be thinking that in the game because then you start to mess up. Right. So I would say just preseason-wise to, to the regular season is the game starts to slow down, obviously, because you get used to it. But you you start getting that thing, like, okay, like, I could catch a break because you got other guys going in for you. Other than that, like, fatigue, fatigue starts to kick in in preseason. But in, in the regular NFL game, you have guys that, you know, that can come in and sub for you. But other than that, I mean, at the end of the day, as long as you don't mess up and you keep your mind right, don't right. think about... Do your job. Yeah, do your job, basically. And you don't think about, like, to mess up, you'll be all right. Well, I mean, I was talking to a couple of young kids a couple of days ago, and I feel like there's... You know this. Every athlete's felt this at some point because nobody comes in. Nobody starts off when they're born number one and they just rise to the top as number one. Even Tom Brady, you look at Tom Brady, he went through his BS of was seventh string quarterback at Michigan, didn't play in high school till he was, you know, later in school. Not like he was came in as some gunslinging eighth grader and yeah. was starting on varsity. <laughs> it's not like he came in a five-star rivals recruit to Michigan and won the Heisman his first year. Like, even the league. Like, it's not like he got drafted first overall and then won Mr. seven Super Bowls. Yeah. Like, everyone has their adversity. They struggle and do their things. And you got to go through it. And, you know, football is such one of those – it's one of those games where a football game on TV, if you go to a game, you might be there for three and a half, four hours. That's just part of the deal. In reality, you're only playing, like, actual whistle to whistle for, like, what? eight minutes, 10 minutes, 11 minutes, maybe. As the whole game, yeah. Right. And yeah. let's say you only played offense or you only play defense. Divide that in half. And let's say you don't play every snap. You really are playing like three to four minutes. Exactly. Which is crazy to hear. But in reality, it's like when your opportunity is approached, you got to capitalize. But in the controversy of that, you play your best when you're comfortable, when you're loose, when you could just go out there and play ball. Like it's recess. That's mm -hmm. when you play your, that's when you make the Randy Moss grabs, and the crazy <laughs> spin moves and all yeah, that. Yeah. But when you're all tight thinking like, damn, if I don't make this tackle, if I don't deflect this ball, if I don't catch this pass, if I don't complete this pass, I don't get a five yard run right now, I'm going to get cut because I got a, a chip on my shoulder. There's a, there's a target on my back essentially where I got to prove something right now. And, I mean, most we talk about on Bring the Juice all the time. Sports are a business, brother. Definitely. Especially NFL. Definitely. Like billion dollar <laughs> industry, bro. Yeah. It's crazy. So, you know, being your first year in the league, what would you say your biggest takeaway is? You were active. You had your freaking, uh, some great experience. You're in Carolina. I would say my biggest takeaway this season was really just gaining confidence and hearing the guys around me to basically play play the guys that's in the jersey and not play the people that's in the logo. So some people mm, start... I like that. <laughs> some people start, you know, like, we ah, who are we playing? I want to say, oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And their history behind them is, you know, like, Troy Palomalu and, like, all the all the vets and yeah. the greats and things like that. And as you start to... When you get there and you start getting confidence in yourself, you start like, okay, I could play with these guys. Right. They're, they're not too much bigger than me. Or they might be 
bigger than you at certain positions, but they bleed know, blood too. Yeah, like basically. So I would say my biggest takeaway is really just play the guys that's in the jersey, not the people in the logo, because at the end of the day, you know, y'all, y'all both play football, y'all both run, y'all both can jump. Right. Things like that. So y'all both can tackle. So at the end of the day, you know, just play the guys in the jersey. Is there a vet, a, a, a guy on your team that you've met so far in your NFL experience that's helped you, or a few, that's helped you become a pro, helped you mature, helped you maybe to grow your game, or even just like grow as a man, because that's a that's a big step, bro. Uh, I got two guys. One guy I would say on the field is Shaq Thompson. He's the middle linebacker. He's the head honcho of the team. And really, he's from California, from Sacramento. So we kind of already clicked. Like, once I got there, he was like, oh, you Cali are. boys. Yeah. And he he also played with for Tony Perry. Okay. So back in the day. So Wow. When I got it's there. some guru stuff? <laughs> yeah. So when I got there, he was like, oh, like, you know, you're a Cali guy. I'm going to take you under my wing. And, you know, he was just teaching me, like, like I was saying, like, he's the one that actually told me, you know, play the guys in the jersey because, like, the game starts to slow down and you also got to think, like, you know, you could play with these guys. Yeah. And, Things like that. And then the guy off the field, I would say, as a vet, is Corey Littleton. And him, he's on his 11th year, I believe, in the Damn. league. And really just, you know, he's on financial uh, financial things and things like that. And really, you know, just take, do smart things with your money. Right. And things like that, you know, just because, you know, the game go by fast. And like Absolutely. you said, NFL is not for long. No, no, so, no. So as an undrafted guy, and he was an undrafted guy that got undrafted to the Rams and he had one of the biggest contracts as an undrafted guy, I want to say 2016, he had like the biggest wow. contract as an undrafted guy in the NFL ever. So really just, you know, just listening to him and like, he's one of the guys that also told me like, go play special teams. You know, this right. this is what got me here. And I was like, I talked to him recently, like, you know, when I'm going to get my shot, like, yeah. you get that, you get that. You, you get know, hungry. You get a little, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, you know, man, like I ain't get my shot to my fourth year in the league. And I was just asking, no, things like that. But you know, really just him just teaching me, like, off the field, like, take care of your money. You know, the NFL is not for long. Don't try to always, like, invest in something instantly because sometimes, you know, things are not made, you know, just for you, like, to invest in. Some things right. are not good for you. So just, you know, that first year, try to save up as much money as you can. Absolutely. Try to get your body right and come back the next year so you can make the team again. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, your money's going to trip or right. double. Stack so, your chips a little. Yeah. Absolutely. So I was, that's what he just taught me. And then, like I said, Shaq is on the field, you know, just. Things like that. How about Carolina itself? Different than Sanger? Different from the Valley? Uh, I would say it's very different from the Valley. It's more of like, it's more of a LA vibe to it. Because mm. where I live is circa uptown, so it's like downtown. But at the same time, you could go out of circa, which is Charlotte. You can go out of Charlotte and you will be, I want to say like Sanger, Tulare. Oh, Country is vibes. Are you? Is it pretty inland or is it coastal at all? Oh, that's it's it's like inland. How, how close? Could you, how far is your drive to the to the ocean? Three hours. Oh, so it's it's about it's like Fresno. Valley. Yeah, it's like I'm saying. So yeah. you could you could be like Charlotte Uptown, which is like everything's at. That's where the Hornets play. Right, that's right. where we play. Like all the buildings and everything. And then like you could go out of the city and you could be in like Sanger. How far is the practice facility? Is it in Charlotte? Yeah. So you so your stadium's really close to where you guys actually play then, or so your practice facility. I'm sorry, is really our practice close. facility is next to our stadium. We have like one of the I want to say the fifth fifth oldest stadium. So like really? our practice facility is right next door to the stadium. Oh, because when I visited Mike in Atlanta, it's like different. It's like 45 minutes away. Completely. I wish ours was like that. <laughs> nah, ours, we got to walk. So like basically, 
our facility. So I got weight room and everything's underneath our stadium. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like Sonic Memorial. You know how y'all have like the little tunnel to go underneath the the basketball gym to go to the, uh, or maybe your locker room. I think y'all had like a little tunnel that goes underneath y'all little stadium. Or it should it should be the gym, right? For basketball? Yeah. Well, that's why it's like, it's so hollow. I think it's just old as shit, bro. <laughs> oh, but basically, so like our facility is underneath our stadium. So like okay. the field or we play on. It's like a ramp top. you go down then? Yeah. Okay. So then that's where the stadium is. And you go up the ramp and you walk probably like five minutes. And that's where like our practice field is. And yeah. it has like our dome and stuff like that to the right. But everything's all in one area. And the California, I mean the California, the Carolina, like what's the food like out there? I mean, they got. You don't really have. Uh, so like I said, I'm from high school. I mean, I went to high school in Sanger, so like right. more of like the Mexican. Yeah, I feel like Mexican food ain't that great out there. Is is That's no far from Mexico. Far, far, but far. They have Hispanic people out there, but like sure. the music is. I mean, the music, the the food is not up to where you go to, like no. to Cali. But I would say like steaks and that type of food yeah. is is pretty good. I would say they probably have the best steakhouses I've been to. Four steakhouses out there, and they're probably the top tier steakhouses I've been. I've been to a couple in Florida. I've been to a couple in New York, uh-huh. things like that. Cincinnati. Cincinnati had a good one. Yeah. Um, But I would say their steakhouses is top tier. Well, shit, and we I were was- just talking before the pod about, I'm trying to, I'm considering to start a segment I'll bring the juice called Juicy Steaks. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I come out to Carolina and like see you play against like Mike one week. Yeah. yeah. We go out to a steakhouse. Maybe I bring the video. We order the ribeye, whatever it might be. Yeah, we could do that. We videotape uh, a little bit. We rate it on a scale of one to ten. Some slight juicy steaks, bro. Definitely. I don't know about you too, but like steak forty eight too. That's the best that one. Out. Yeah, I know. No free shout outs, but steak forty eight. We'll check it. Check oh, it out. My bad. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, it's funny. Like the steak thing. Like I love steaks. Absolutely love my meats, but at the same time, like there's kind of an expectation, bro. If I go out to a steakhouse. Some of these, I mean, I, I had to go to some place. It was like $62 for the ribeye. That's pretty, it's a little expensive. for. I'm from Fresno to where I have a status, no free shout outs, Limelight in Fresno, best ribeye. I think it's like 38 or 40 bucks. It's consistent. It's juicy. They say it's 14 ounces. It's 14 ounces. It's a good slab of meat. They don't put too much like salt on it, mm-hmm. a little bit of butter, but it's just a nicely well-cooked steak. Mm-hmm. And for me, that would be my like bar. Because I go out and I'll go to Atlanta to visit Mike or I'll go visit Key wherever and I'll go see a client out here and I'll go out and I'll order the ribeye because that's my thing. And I'll be like, bro, this wasn't worth $62. And I'm just, and then I'm, I've like, been, I'm not been a pissed, couple like that. but I'm just like, you know what, bro? Like, it was okay. Yeah. I'm gonna be hot take. I don't think Ruth Chris is that great. I, I don't think it's that great. I was just gonna say that, but that, like I said, you know, stuff. No hot shout take. Out, so. Hot take. I don't think Ruth Chris is that great. I don't think Flemings is that great. I was gonna say that too. That's why I said different names. I will not lie. No free shout outs. Uh, Tulare has a golf course. They serve a ribeye at. It's $22, and it's pretty good. It's pretty good, man. I've like, been to Larry a lot. So but, like, like it's one know. of those things. It's cool vibe. You get to, like, sit on a patio, like, watch, like, the good nature and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's good vibes. Like, I think if I were to rate these scores for these juicy meats, I would consider – I'm not going to consider, like, the service. I'm not going to let that affect my mood. Like, 
that has nothing to do with the piece of meat. It would do with like the 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 quality and taste of experience. Plus, I would incorporate in like, okay, this is a seventy dollar piece of meat. This shit better freaking be delicious. No, you know what I mean. I I've paid one hundred and two dollars on. That's one. your most expensive steak ever. No. What's your most expensive steak ever? Uh, I went to huh. You could be honest. Uh, I went to Del Frisco's, and this was actually rookie dinner. Ooh, and Ooh. spent one thirty nine for one steak. One steak. How big was it? Oh, I was it a ribeye? It was a ribeye. Okay, and I I can't even the ounces. I think it was sixty four. Oh, it was a tomahawk. It was a big one. No. It wasn't. 64 is a big ass steak, Mosby. It might be. That's a big ass steak. That's like a that's like nah, it might have been a tomahawk then. 64 for sure. That's a big chunk of a cow, yeah. bro. Yeah, and I didn't eat it. You didn't finish it? I it wasn't even for me, but like I said, it was rookie dinner. So we had to pay. Yeah, it was a lot of them. Everyone Damn. ordered them. So yeah. Oh, everyone got these 64 ounce steaks. Yeah. <laughs> and they were 130 something a piece. 132 to be exact. <laughs> 132. <laughs> I, re- I remember that day. 132 for sure. Damn. Anyways, Juicy Meats, something to consider. I think it's Definitely a good idea. Definitely consider that because that's, that's a great idea right there. Now, this isn't Juicy Meats, but uh, Dervos Deli, who's one of the best consistent sponsors to bring the juice. You got to go check them out. They're right by Fresno State. Remember the old Deli D? I was by, by going to try there yesterday or last, on Monday. But they closed when I was gonna go try because I was I was playing at the wreck. They're across the street from the wreck. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. They're right there. Check them out. Tell them you can't want to bring the juice. They'll hook you up. The boy Justin's the dog. Okay. Uh, they're getting they're serving lunch at the golf tournament coming up. Okay. Which you'll be at. And uh but Dribble's telling you, bro, they have they have some juicy meats there too. But bro, they have this chicken sandwich that like I talk about every episode. This shit is fire. It is it's like it's not like a Nashville chicken. Like I don't okay. know what it is. But they toast their buns perfectly, so they're a little crispy. The lettuce, it's not like a big old like cabbage piece of paper. Yeah, I don't like that. It's a little bit of shredded lettuce. I'm not mm-hmm. even a huge lettuce guy, but it's a it's a it's a little shredded lettuce, a nice cooked piece of chicken. It's never dry ever. The pickles are cut like <laughs> I'm not even kidding, bro. <laughs> piece of paper. I went there for like an episode with like Zane and Eric. Uh, Evan Williams and I had a couple other dudes on. Uh-huh. We did a live episode there. We're like rating the food. Bro, I was I rate I talked about these pickles for like 30 minutes. I was like, bro, whoever cuts the pickles needs a raise, bro. This thing, this is microscopic. Like it's yeah, it's you, a couple guys that go there. That, hey, it's fire. Yeah, Tyrone actually, Tyrone Sampson actually. He's Samp, yeah. Your man. Yeah. Yeah, he told me to go there. And I was like, that's why I said I was gonna try it, but yes. then they closed and I was like, okay, I'm gonna try another. I'm gonna day. tell him to open just for you next time. You let me know. Nah, yeah, call, I got I got the keys to the city. You're good, hour. you're good. But shout out to Dervo Style. We appreciate you. Also, the Chris Cut Fries on a cheat day. I know you're in training. Bro, them they're fire, bro. I'm gonna have to try it out. I don't know what sure. your favorite Chris Cut fries ever are, but they are absolutely electric. I'm I'm actually kind of get away from fries right now, bro. Are I'm, you are you like in the position of like because uh, you're you've been a hybrid as long as I've known you. Like yeah, I've you came in as a safety if I recall. Yeah, a safety. Yeah, you came in yeah. at Fresno State as a safety. Different haircut too, by the way. <laughs> uh, did you go from safety to D or did did no, you go? No, no. You went to linebacker. Then so you I went, went 
start, I came in with JD as a safety. Stayed safety two years. Uh, was that 17, 18? Yeah. 19, I transferred over to line, nickel slash linebacker. Mm. And then, <laughs> and then 20, which was the COVID year, I was still a linebacker. And then I had things that happened there. And then gained weight and I went down to uh, DN. Well, you also like, I mean, Mike kind of created this position at Fresno State, I feel like, where you kind of just came right in and were like, hey, I'm going to kind of be the next Mike. <laughs> you got his number. No, no, no. Yeah. Like, y'all kind of like are both really fast, like edge dudes at this point, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you guys are close, too. So, like, you know. Oh, yeah, that's it, my it, guy. It makes sense. That's your, I know that's your guy. <laughs> yeah, my guy, for um, sure. No, but that's that's crazy. So, I mean, have you considered, like, are you – is Carolina asking you, hey, we want you to be this weight? Or are you kind of trying to be mobile and be like, hey, I can play outside linebacker. I could run off the edge. I could do this. I could do that. Like, where are you uh, at on that? So, when I came in with Matt Rule, the objective was they wanted me to play DN. Mm. And then when I got there, they seen my body weight, which I was 248 when I got there. And they're like, okay, we're gonna put let you, let you play higher, but you can go with the DN some drills. This is rookie minicamp, so it's just the rookies there, right? And I was doing um, some drills with the D line coach, and then those like, all right, come over here for seven on seven, yeah, and let's see what you could do like backpedaling wise. And they didn't know at the time that I played safety because when you get <laughs> when you get in like the NFL really only care about what you did recently, right? Right. That's that's that the whole model. They didn't know the, the first few years. Yeah, what like, you done like. Now, like recently, season, yeah. yeah. So I went out there and I started backpedaling, and that's when some <laughs> some little uh, singer. I think it's one of his interviews. He was like, "I didn't know he was that light on his feet." So as time went on, they're like, "Okay, we want you to play Mike because that's probably the biggest body weight for like a linebacker is you can play Mike if you're around two forty five. They don't want you at Will or Sam because you got to cover like slots and things like that, right? So you got to go play Mike or you got to play Dan. Mm -hmm. So I was like, All right, "I'm gonna just do both." So I had to, like during that whole camp, I was learning both, which is very, very hard. Absolutely. But, uh, did that. And then now, our towards the end of the year, our coaches is like, you know, they didn't really care about our body weight, but you you basically put your own body weight in. So oh. they're like, what do you want your weight goal to be? Because if you miss weight, you got to pay. So Actually pay. Yeah. You actually, what, it's how a fine. What, how much is the fine on something like that? Uh, is it by the pound? Defense, uh -huh. Like if you're if you're off one pound, is it a hundred bucks? Yes. But if no, you're no, off... no, 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 no. If you're off about one pound, that's twelve hundred dollars. Okay. What about if you're off two pounds? You're still it's, it goes off offense. So the first offense is twelve hundred. Second one is one pound. One pound. And so if you say, "Hey, I'm Aaron Mosby. I'm two forty five. You come in at two forty six. Twelve hundred dollars. It's twelve hundred dollars. But if you say, "Hey, I'm Mosby. I'm well, I wait, I'm gonna weigh two forty five. You come at two fifty. It's still twelve hundred dollars. Still twelve hundred dollars. Mm. So then, but your second offense is double. So it's twenty four. That third one, it goes up ten thousand dollars. But by $10, that ten thousand dollars. By that time, cut though, almost. Yeah. Oh well, I I will be cut. Right. But if you're a vet, they can afford it and things like that. But yeah. So, I mean, how often are you weighing yourself? Because um, that's, I don't know about you, but I don't want to lose $1,200 for no, some no, no, shit no. like that. So, towards, like I said, like once you get in season and you running and things like that, playing with pads on, game speed, by that time, your weight is always like fluctuating. You should be fine. Right. But like towards the end of the season, they asked you like, what's your next weight goal? And I told them that I wanted to be 239 to 245, mm. which is a huge drop. Basically what I played my junior year. 
Would you? What, what were you this last season? Would you play at? My goal was two forty three to two fifty, and I played a routine like two forty seven. 247, 248. So you, so you have a, it's not a one pound thing. You have like a five you have, pound. You have a range, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So right now. So you want to go down a little bit. Yeah, I want to go down a lot just so I could, you know, go back, just play linebacker. Yeah. I don't want to get back to the edge, but we got a new defense and things like that. So I got to go back to Carolina recently just to go talk to them right. and see where they want to have my weight at and things like that. So we could, um, you know, play, see where I'm going to play at because they they, they're running a 3 4, which was like Denver Broncos and. The Rams, so they have like four outside line or four linebackers, two outside linebackers, two middle linebackers. Right. Me personally, I might want to go back and play outside linebacker, but I got to get my weight back up. Right. So I don't know yet, though. I mean, you talked about kind of Coach Rule a little bit. You came in, he spoke highly of you. Um, me, I, you didn't go through it like Fresno State did, but before you got there, you know, we we sucked. We were one and eleven. We had all this. We had a lot of adversity. But I think it helped, you know, it helped drive the boat for success. But, you know, understanding like some big changes happened throughout your first year in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers. Your head coach got dismissed. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, the poster child of the program, who I'm arguably one of the best RBs in the league right now. Yeah. He gets Definitely. traded. You had a little bit of a quarterback drama. They bring in Baker Mayfield, who's like, Hot, he kind of gets cut at like a weird time. He comes in for like what a couple weeks and then dips out and yeah. then goes wins a game in LA. Then it's like, what's going on? Now? I don't even know who the quarterback of the Rams is right now. Like it's it's all over the place. But uh, yeah, yeah. But like you had all that happen within weeks. I mean, let's just let's start with you know, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, like we talked about, one of the dudes in the league. Uh, face of your franchise gets absolutely ripped off. Baker comes in and stirs the pot in the quarterback room. Being a guy who's young in that culture, what what are you doing? I know you're just trying to do your job, but like that's got to be making some waves in the team a little bit. Um, I would room. I would just say like it gives you the mindset like the NFL is a business, and right. the whole Baker situation, it was more of like going through camp because he was there in camp. Right, was you know seeing him do. His thing, like, we was thinking, like, okay, he's going to be our quarterback. Right. And then, like I said, and when you get to the NFL, like, things, you're playing against other guys that's, like I said, anybody can win. So, me just sitting back watching, it was like, okay, like, okay, we lost. Things like that. And then you start hearing, like, the fans turn against you. And then, like, the locker room started to shift. I wouldn't say a lot, but, like, we had his back. But, like, you know, like, that, that organization wants to win. They ain't won since Cam Newton left. Right. And so... As things going, like, you got C-Mac, Christian McCaffrey. Like, he's the guy that, you know, have his back, and he's always talking. He's the leader of the team. Mm -hmm. So then once he leaves, I feel like the locker room just kind of felt like, like a— Did he announce it, or did he just left one day? It was it was trade rumors going around, but we didn't think it was going to be possible because yeah. it's Christian McCaffrey. Twitter's crazy. Yeah, it's Christian McCaffrey. Right. So then I want to say, yeah, actually, we played the Rams first. Which we played in LA. Yes, that's right. Robbie Anderson had got into it on the sidelines. I, I read about so. This and is he's like, it, if you're not gonna play me, trade me. Yeah. So this yeah, is yeah. this all happened within three weeks. So Robbie got it. He got traded first, and that was kind of like you know they had a situation on the sideline. Right. Things happened, and we were like, okay. So then we start hearing the rumors about you know our GM wants to clean house things like that, 
And Christian McCaffrey, Trey Rimmer goes out, but a lot of people are not thinking about it because it's, like, it's C-Mac it's Chris McCaffrey. and like he's the whole program. So then as time goes on, I think it was like midnight. I think it happened at midnight at because, you know, Carolina's three hours ahead. Right, right. So I, I think I was watching, I don't know what I was watching. Oh, Thursday Night Football. And it, it went out at Thursday, like midnight. And I was like, there's no way this has happened. So then the next morning, like we don't see him in the locker room and like people was like, like it was crazy. But- the whole situation, but like C-Mac, he's being a leader. And then like Baker, you know, like it just kind of all trembled. And I would say yeah. as a quarterback, you got to take all the weight on your shoulders. It's just how it Not runs. saying that he was playing up to par because he... He was put in a hard situation too. I mean, it's yeah. it's tough. So You're only human. Yeah, yeah. So I would say, you know, he asked for to leave because he felt that everything was on his shoulders and everything was going like the wrong way. Right. And then he went and won a game, which I felt, you know, like congrats to him. But is that the game they beat the Raiders? Yeah. The next he got he asked to get cut to go to a different team. He got released. Up, and then two days later he won a football game. So I, you know, I feel I feel yeah. good for him. But like situation in the locker room was it was just like hostile environment kind of. But you yeah. know, it's it's the business and things that things happen. Yeah. What about, you know, Coach Rule comes in, he he has confidence in you. And he gets dismissed middle of the year, and like at this point, Baker's gone, right? No, Baker's still there when he gets dismissed. They're all still there. Oh, coach got fired, and then our and coach got fired week five. That's early. Yeah, they gave him so. But you he guys was already on a little the, run after that, though. We did. So yeah. our interim head coach, you know, he did a great job. He just got hired to be the DC for the Forty um, ers Congrats to him. But, you know, just having that coaching change of what I had yeah. at Fresno State was kind of like... experience is crazy. The NFL experience is way different. So... How, how's that go down? Does he, does he even come into the building and be like, hey, man, it's a business. They don't want me here anymore. So he did. But it was kind of like... He kind of like... Like, as a rookie, I don't know what they've been through. But he was basically, you know... And not like he was going to cry and things, but like he gives like their it's backstory. Emotional. Yeah. And, you know, he at the end of his story, he tell him, like, you know, like the GM, everyone's in there, the owner, the GM. This is every team meeting. So at the end of the story, like, he's like, okay, like, he doesn't want me to be the, a head coach no more. And then he just walks out and he has, like, security and they walk him out. And then the owner gets up there and they tell you who the next head coach is. Yeah. The next day, coaches start to leave because, like, they start firing people. Right, right. Or the, our coach start taking people with him because he's going to Nebraska. Yeah. So like that was quick. Too. Yeah. So like a lot of that, a lot of things go up and down in NFL. Like you get people get fired, and another person's like next man up. Yeah. On the football field and coaches. So right. All around the board, it's next man <clears throat> up. It's a business. It's totally a business. I mean, the experience. So when we were, when we had the one in eleven year, and Coach Druder was there. I'll never forget it. Uh, we played Utah State. I don't remember what our record was. I think we had we were like one and six at the time, or we were one and five, and we went into that game. We kicked off at like eight p.m. It was cold as hell. <laughs> we were on like our like. Yeah, I played them over there. At Utah State. Yeah. Cold as hell. Been there. I was a freshman, so I was like, I was just happy to freaking be there. I was on part return. I was like, this is I'm gonna do my thing tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Games late. I remember my mom and dad texted me like, you know. Good game. I tried calling them. They're already asleep by the time this shit's over. We get back. I'm not kidding. I get back to my... I was living at the Brick House at the time. Shout out to the Brick House. <laughs> and 
it was like 4 a.m. Tired as I mean, bro, you're just you're tired. We're losing games. We we should have we had a chance to win. There was a, like a blocked punt. There's all kinds of stuff that went down. We just we lost. Mm-hmm. And it's like 4 a.m. And usually, like you know, team meeting the next day is like one o'clock, right? First, first, or like uh, lift the next day is like one o'clock Sunday. We get a text at like nine a.m. Team meeting in an hour. And I'm thinking, and after the fact, I'm thinking to myself like, bro, that, that logically we slept like four hours. Like, yeah. If you actually went to bed immediately and hit your head at the pillow, like the plan, la- the plane landed in Fresno at like three twenty-seven a.m. Like I don't know why we got back so late, but it just yeah. happened to be that way. Anyways. We walk in, it's quiet, and the Utah State fans were mean, bro. They're like, Deruder, you're gone after this game, blah, blah. I'm he, Block out the outside noise. It only matters what's the thoughts in our locker room. And, uh, yeah, we. Uh, I'm sitting in my seat. It's dead silent in the team room at Fresno State. And everyone's kind of looking around, and you could tell, like, the coaching staff already knew, and they were just, like, quiet. Yeah. And it's quiet. Meeting starts at 10, 1030. Everyone's in there, you know, 1018. It's silent for seven minutes. He walks in. And the reason I knew it was going down that way, because one, they called it earlier. Two, though, he walks in. You know, coaches are always repping the little logo in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> he came in in a black hoodie. And I was like, I was like, hey, yeah, it's, it's over, bro. He walks in. I swear to God, bro. He walks in, goes, Claps. He goes, woman. Uh, you know, blah blah blah. This is a job to do, and uh, we're not getting it done. And uh, love you, boys. Always have my number. Feel free to reach out anytime. And I'm not. It was like a, it was like a 45 second thing, bro. And was just gone. And then, like you said, the AD. I don't know if it was the. AD, I think it was the AD. It was Barco at the time. He walks up, goes, so and so's intern. Blah blah blah. We're moving this to this. And then like they clap, and all of a sudden it's like go to meetings, and you're just like, bro. The the captain of the ship just got decapitated. Not and, yeah. And like we're supposed to just, oh yeah, it's fine, bro. No problem. That's it's crazy. See, what ours was, it was like that, but they told us we can go home. So mm-hmm. after it got everyone, they was like, just go home and you guys get the next four days off and then come back on yeah. Monday with the great mindset. Right, right, right. That's not bad though. I mean, it's something. Yeah, it was just different. Like, like I said, I've been to now. This is my second time head coaching. So, how has I mean Mosby going through the adversity you've been through, coming up from Sanger, playing for a a power a group of five program like the Dogs, having success there, choosing to go to a gritty program like Carolina Panthers, the undrafted way. Why do you play the game? What's your reason you wake up in the morning? Any days you don't want to wake up? Uh, I would say now it's my daughter. Before my daughter, I would say really just, you know, I had love for the game and really just get my mom out of financial situations. Uh-huh. But now I would say my daughter really is the main reason, you know, just to see her smile and, you know, go to my games and watch me on TV and they send me videos or her mom sends me videos, you know, just me being on TV just right. itself, just to, you know, have her have that joy. But, you know, really just to keep going, you know, one day I want to get her her own little playhouse and things like that, you know, just to see yeah. that. Just to see what, you know, the celebrities that they be doing on TV that, you know, I want to have that same dream for my daughter. So that's really my main goal right now. Uh, that Yeah, that's really my main drive right now. No, I mean, that's that's completely reasonable. I think 
any parent, any uh, husband, father, mother, wife, grandfather, they want to give their kids, the ones they love in their life, something better than they had at that one point. That's totally reasonable. Uh, not to transition too hard into it, but before we get into too many finances, we're going to talk about one of your friends, Fresno First Bank. <laughs> Shout out to Fresno First Bank. They are the exclusive bank of Fresno, the exclusive break bank of Bring the Juice. They give you a fine business approach when you walk in there. They create a custom plan to whatever your business might be. Uh, you walk into Fresno's First Bank. Their customer service is absolutely through the through the roof, superb. They'll give you a high five, a handshake, a, hey, you listened to Bring the Juice list this last week. Hey, go dogs. Great people. If you're going to open a business in Fresno, if you want to find banking experience where you're going to get a family approach, Fresno First Bank's the only place to be. And I think one of our mutual friends here, I know you're damn good friends with him, uh, Ronnie Rivers, you were recently in Las Vegas with him. Yes. And he won $500,000. Ronnie's coming on the pod soon. He could tell his side of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear your perspective of Ronnie Rivers <laughs> hitting the freaking jackpot. Uh, really, I would say, you know, Ronnie Rivers, that's my that's my dog right there. You know, been my roommate, I know that's for, your dog. roommate for, what, four years while we was in college. So, you know, just just seeing him have that joy and get, you know, he, for, well, really, being in the same Caesars Palace. Right. When it went down, uh, Saturday evening, I want to say it was evening, around five o'clock. Right, you know, just seeing him being on the, you know, the the table and, you know, like like I said, it, I wouldn't say it's a lucky hand, but like just for it, it was a royal flush. It was pretty lucky hand. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how poker works. So I do. That was yeah. a great land. That was a great. Yeah, yeah. Hand. So you know, just just having that joy for him, you know, just to see him go through what he went through. He's also an undrafted guy as well, right. and you know, just having that joy to see him happy and you know he got two babies on the way and things like that. So. Yeah, so just to have that, you know, the joy from my, from my, you know, my my brother really just right. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> in that three card poker, like, is it one card at a time? Is it two cards, or did he get, did he get his cards and then there's a river? I'm, just, I really don't I know how to. to yeah, I don't know how the game works, but but did you? He won the 500 G's, and you guys, that how do you not smile at that, bro? No, no, he like I said, like that. That's like a it's a crazy moment. It, it encouraged me and. Some other guys that I was with, like, okay, we got to go. Yeah, you go hit the tables now. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go get on the tables. But, you know, I actually, after that moment, I probably lost probably like two more hundred dollars. But <laughs> it, it is what it is. You know, I'm just happy for him. And, you know, it, it's crazy. It, that's really. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy right there. He, I mean, I hope he, I hope he buys a nice house and lives in it for a very long time with those two babies coming. Yeah, I hope he you some, know, does some a smart, good, smart good. investment with that. But right? you know, he he's a smart man. He's a um, yeah. I want to say he majored in uh, business financially and things like that. So I'm pretty sure he's gonna he's gonna do the right thing for sure. Yeah, Ronnie's always had a good head on his shoulders. Yeah, I'm gonna let us see the interview next week too. Or two oh yeah, weeks. he's coming. He's coming. Definitely, Mosby. I absolutely I really appreciate you coming on. Bring the juice. I'm a lot of questions. Uh, anything you want to say before I wrap it up? Uh, not nah, just for people that, you know, just watching this, you know, um, guys that's from the Valley, you know, really guys from anywhere. Uh, just keep going, you know, keep your mind right. Anything's possible. It don't matter where you come from, no matter what school you go to, they're going to find you. Uh, it don't matter what college you go to, they will find you. Uh, there's guys that go from, what is it? I want to say it's uh, Big Sky Schools, which yeah. is in... 
in a in in a D one double A D one double A. There you go. There's dudes who come from NAIA yeah, D two, so all of it. Yeah, they, they'll find you and things like that. So I would just say keep going. You know, put your faith in it. Put your faith in God, and you know, just just keep going. And you just yeah. That's all I got to say. Keep your head down and go. Guys, Aaron Mosby, the Sanger banger, the Fresno State Bulldog, the heavy hitter on the Carolina Panthers. Reach out to him on the gram. We're going to tag him a bunch of stuff. Mosby, we appreciate you. We hope to have you back soon. Thank you, guys. Best of luck to you and your NFL career. Good health to your family, your daughter. And uh, y'all, get your piss hot this week. Fire me up. Bring the juice. And get y'all gear. Bring the juice for sure. Get your own gear. Mosby's repping it. Everyone loves it. Fire me up. We'll see you next week.